Welcome to episode eight of Better With Pull. Did you know that by the year 2040, that Africa will have a larger workforce than both China and India? Did you know that by the year 2050, that 50% of the world's population will live in Africa alone? And here's the kicker. Did you know that today, less than one out of five Africans are connected online? However, by the year 2050, nearly all Africans, I'm talking about four out of five, will be connected online. Now, what does this tell you? To me, it means one thing. The future is Africa. If you are serious about building your business and serious about building your brand, then Africa holds one of your biggest opportunities. Now, within Africa, where do you go to network, to invest, to partner? There are many countries that I would suggest, but in particular for today, I want us to look at Ghana. Why? Ghana has one of the fastest growing economies. And today, we have someone who I believe is one of the most connected in Ghana one of the most powerful in Ghana, and also has been building one of the most important businesses that is connecting Ghana and the rest of the world. In today's session, you're going to hear from Denta Amoateng, who, by the way, is one of the hardest working people I have ever met. She was going to break down not only the lessons that she learned building her business, but also the opportunities that exist for you in Africa. And she's also going to get very passionate about why we all should be connected to Africa. I want you to sit back, relax, and get ready for the amazing story of Denta. The whole notion of this platform is I want to showcase world-class performers, people who I consider to be top 1% in the world. But being from the United States, I feel like so much of our content, even when it comes to Black entrepreneurs or Black world-class performers, is focused on Americans. Mm. But there are incredible Nigerians, Kenyans, yep. right? Uh, Jamaicans, yep. right? And so the notion of this was, I want to I find the world-class people from all around the world. And so how I did that is I went to different groups of friends that I have who live throughout Africa, the UK, Canada, the United States, the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, uh, and I said, you know, tell me who, who is, who's on your top 10 list, right? Who's on your top 10 list of world-class performers? Do you know, Denta, that you showed up on more lists than anyone else? What? You, you, pe- people wanted to hear your story wow. than anyone else. Wow. Yes. They wanted your story, sis. Oh, my. And, and, and literally, you would come back. Number one on my list is Denta. Number three on my list is Denta, right? Number two on my list is, is, is Denta. And, and then as I did my online, you know, snooping, stalking on you, mm-hmm. what I realized is outside of how incredible your career is 
And I want to talk about all of that. Mm-hmm. I believe what you are doing, and I could be characterizing this inappropriately, but I believe you're almost building a bridge from Ghana to the world. And that is incredibly powerful, especially in this day and age. So I want to talk, and I think that's through Guba, right? And so I want us to unpack it all. But where I'd love to begin is, could you just break down all of the things you do? Because I don't think there's anyone on this planet that does more than you. So give, give us the whole list. Because you've got like, I joke, I'm Jamaican, I joke, I'm, I'm 10, but I think you have more than 10 jobs. Okay, so I started acting, so I'm an actress, okay, um, singing, I did sing and I did an album. Um, obviously, I'm an entrepreneur as well, so I do that. I'm a nurse, I'm a pediatric nurse by profession. Okay. Cool. I'm on the Ghana Tourism Board. Five. I'm on the... Uh, ADDI board, which is the Ambassador um, Quay, uh, Arikana. Um, did I mention I'm on the Ghana Tourism Board? I think I've mentioned that. I, <laughs> I think I think that's five. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Um, what else do I do? I do a oh gosh. Um, a mother. You didn't say, I have a job. But you hold on. You didn't say Guba. You didn't mention Guba. Oh, Guba. <laughs> And then with Guba, Guba has like, we have five or six arms to Guba. So, yeah. And and the consultancy. So I do a lot of consultancy as well with Odana. And obviously my TV presenting. I'm a TV presenter, so I have my show online. Um, and I also do my um, my interviews, like, for the show on Fox Life Africa. Okay. All right. So 10. You got 10. <laughs> oh, dear. Ten jobs. Oh, All right. So, so, so now, before we even unpack all ten, right? I'd love just how do you balance these? Because I think this is the challenge that so many people who now realize that y- you can't rely on anyone else. We're all entrepreneurs. We have to rely. We have to choose ourselves. So, how do you balance such big roles and so many of them? I'm. I would say, Paul, I'm so blessed to have a supportive husband who believes in what I do and is able to allow me to fly. So all of the things that I'm currently doing are things that he's initiated, like he's birthed, and he's just let me fly with it. So I'm the go-getter. I'm like the risk-taker. I am the one that will push the doors and push the boundaries. And he is the creator of things. And we've come like, we've become like a team. Okay. So when I say that, I mean like my husband, I mean, he's a qualified accountant. That's how we started. And then as you know, we started doing um, the dentist show. He started saying, you know what, I'm going to learn how to do camera work and editing and so he he's behind the camera um and then you know he's the one shooting the dentist show he's the one shooting the goober awards he's the one editing because it allowed us to work together and also be together because of the, the schedule um and i have a supportive team 
that I can delegate to. You know, God gives us uh, destiny helpers, okay? And you need those destiny helpers to help you and to guide you and to do the things that you are, you are unable to do. So I have a solid team when it comes to the Goober team. They have passion for Ghana. They're just like me. They're mini versions of me. Um, and they just love Africa. They love Ghana. Um, yes. And yeah. and that's how I'm able to balance. It's, it's that supportive system um, and being being able to just fly because the people around you have given you the the, the ground to be able to bounce off and you know to 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 to, to do what you do. You, you know what's so fascinating to me about that that response is. I've been able now to be in the presence of, I think, the several of yous, right? And I mean, you phenomenal women who are world-class, phenomenal black women, world-class, right? And the common theme that I'm hearing is immediately when I say, how do you do it? Everyone points to my husband. It's a partnership, right? And what I'm also finding interesting is that they're, now I'm hearing a lot of husbands are working in the business. Yes. So a big question to a lot of women is, and I know this because they've asked me, right? Because could be in the matchmaking space. Mm -hmm. They'll say, well, how do you find a man like that? Mm. Like, in, how do you, how did you do that? So I'm just curious, how did, how did you two meet? I met my husband when I was, when I was young. So I was 18 when I met him. Yeah. I got married when I was 24. Okay. I was singing at the time. He was rapping, so he asked me. He asked me to be on the backing track um, of his album that he was doing, Beyonce and Jay Z type of thing. You know what I mean? And then that yeah. was. <laughs> <laughs> wow! So how how in the world did he go from a rapper to an accountant? How did he do that? Like, so no, he was he was doing the rapping thing, but he as he was studying, he was doing his accounting. Um, but yeah, that was what he was doing. And then he dropped, he dropped everything to be part of this vision, to be part of what we're doing. And it's been amazing. It's been an amazing journey. That is, that is incredible. That, I mean, and I love it. I love it because so often we hear of the story of the woman dropping everything. You know what I mean? He dropped everything to go with, go with, yeah, go with your vision. That's, that's phenomenal. All right. So now let's go back to this. Here's where I want to start with you. At what point did you consider yourself to be a business? Because I feel like you are, you know, Jay-Z says I'm a businessman. Like you're a business woman. Like you are a business. Denta, the business. At what point did you first consider that? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I found that as we were doing the Google Awards and as you know, we were putting Ghana on the map and Africa on the map and the way that we had branded things. People were coming up to me, even like people were coming up to me saying, you know, Denta, like, how do I do this? Like in terms of business, how do I enter this? How do I? And then I was like, wait a minute, like why are people asking me so many questions about business and about entrepreneurship and about. So it was like maybe 2015 where I felt like, wait, wait a minute, like. I'm actually a business, like people are asking me about business opportunities, about recruitment, about so many things. Um, and I was like, wow, like I actually need to uh, think about this thing properly because and strap to myself well, because a lot of people are, and this is consultancy. 
Um, and I wasn't thinking, you know, sometimes you're not even thinking about business wise. You're just thinking about your passion and what you love. But then things grow from that. So so I'm, I'm confused by this, though. So 2015 Gubo Awards, was that the first awards? Or no, you already- no, that was like, that was, no, Google, the first Gubo Awards was in 2010. So we started in 2009 where I put the team together. Um, and then 2015, I felt like we had done five Gubo Awards. And then I think that's when even I got the letter um, from the Queen for, for me to be honoured by the Queen, is that, Actually, we were bridging, like you said, we were bridging Ghana and Africa, Ghana in the UK. We were bridging, you know, we were just putting a spotlight on on ourselves as African people and what we can do. Um, And so I think that that's when people started looking at the brand more seriously, started looking at me more seriously. um, And it it was just, it was just, you know, all go from there. You said you start, so the Google War started in 2009, Mm -hmm. right? And it was started originally, from what I understand, to spotlight the Ghanaian community within the UK. Yes. Right. Highlight the best of the best. Yeah. But then it wasn't until 2015. So we're talking about six years later Mm -hmm. that you putting in the work year after year after year that not only did the community recognize you as a businesswoman, but you recognized yourself as a businesswoman, that, that's, I, I find that really interesting. So now let's just go back to 2009. What was the driver behind Gooba? Why did you want to start that? So Gooba was basically seeing great people doing amazing things. And I was thinking, look, there's no p- platform to celebrate them. Um, you know, we don't have our own unique awards that celebrates our own. And um, we have the likes of Oswald Boating, Idris Elba, um, you know, so I was looking at not only Ghanaians in the UK, which I mean, 80% was UK. I also looked at Ghana and I also looked at Ghanaians internationally that were doing well and, you know, kind of brought them all together. Um, and I was just like, there's no platform. Why can't we celebrate our own? Why do we have to, you know, wait for somebody else to celebrate us? Um, and so that's why that's why it was set up um, and on, on that basis. Wow. Wow. So now when you started that, you were at that time, you must have had at least eight other jobs. Right? Okay. <laughs> at, that time, at that time, so I was doing my nursing at that time. I was highly into uh, my nursing at that time. And I was doing, I was still doing um, acting um, as well. I had two. I was had, yeah, I will say I had, I had three. I had Gooba, I had the nursing and I had my acting that I was doing at the time. And my TV okay. sorry, four. I'm curious about this, right? Being in now, I'm. I feel like I'm kind of a TV presenter here in the UK, yes, right? You are. You are Paul. <laughs> and, and so, what I know about the other TV presenters here is they like that's all they do. They just laser down. They focus on TV presenting, and then from the nurses I know, that's all they do. They just focus that's on all. being nurses. That's all they do. So. So, but I, I love that you were doing all, but but why? Why didn't you, and almost, let me even play devil's advocate. Why didn't you just double down and just focus in one area opposed to spreading yourself across several? Okay, so at that time, my TV presenting wasn't paying. It was my nursing that kept me going. Yes. And even yeah. starting at the Google Awards, my first Google Awards, we had to sell our car, like to make sure that, mm. yeah, we get the awards done. And if I didn't have my nursing to support me, you know, I don't know where I would be, you right. know. 
Um, and so sometimes, look, you have to be balancing other jobs to be able to create your success or your journey. There's nothing wrong with you being a nurse and an entrepreneur um, and, and having something to fall back on. Um, and so that's what I did, you know, and even now during COVID, I was working, you know, um, and that was my choice. That was because I was seeing what's happening and I wanted to help out. There are a lot of entrepreneurs that, that listen and watch. And what I think that you said something that I really want to just drive home. And that is, is that you needed to finance the dream, right? You needed, you need, and you needed, and cause it, it takes money to make money. And that's something that we all have to realize. And so you were able to then get, you know, you had other income, you were able to roll that into Gooba and then start to grow Gooba. So now let's look at Gooba between 2009 and, and 2015, because there are a lot of entrepreneurs that start and maybe by year two or year three, they, they give up, right? Or they, they, they stop. So what were you seeing that led you to believe you should continue going? So as the brand started to grow, um, we went from, you know, first doing our event and, you know, asking sponsorship for like 250 pounds, 500 pounds um, for our first event. You know, the first event I think was costing us 5,000 pounds um, to do. And as we were growing as a brand, I saw that companies wanted to invest more now. And I saw that actually it wasn't just us now going to the sponsors. The sponsors were emailing us. Mm. How do we come on board? And then you have negotiation power. Now you tell them what you're worth. Right. You know, even right. last year, Google Awards was when I, I actually appreciated the hard work, the sweat, the tears and everything. We had to raise three hundred and fifty thousand dollars to do the awards in america during the un wow. assembly time wow. and it's an expensive event <laughs> it, it was it was during the un general assembly you know it was it was expensive the hotels there during that time is it's not a joke um and we got the money to do it so it's like so we can command that amount now like we can get brands on that respect us to all put in 50K or 60K or whatever. Do you understand? So then you start appreciating that actually our brand is worth a lot of money. People want to um, be part of it because of the audience that we are bringing, because of the people and the network that you get when you come on board. Um, and so, you know, look, the journey is not smooth but it's about how persistent are you how consistent do you want to be um to be able to go through the bumpy roads um to get there in the early stage of growing gooba how were you able to sell the sponsors many people are seeking brand partnerships so so the question here is what are some inside tips of securing brand partnerships? How did you do it? Um, sponsorship is the most difficult um, things that I've had to do. Um, but, you know, it's about brand positioning. It's about what the offer is. 
it's about who is part of um, the event or the organization. And people want to know who's coming to the event. How do I get noticed as a brand? Um, and also, like I said, we started off taking 500 pounds, increasing it slowly. Don't over budget yourself. Don't overdo it um, in terms of maybe you're doing an, you're doing an event and you're, you're, you know, you're asking for 10,000 when really you need about 2,000. You, do you understand? Be realistic in your, in your pitching. You know, as you grow, you will see that, yes, you can command more for your sponsorship because of the, the other worth that you're bringing on board. Um, and so, you know, unfortunately for me, or fortunately, you know, all of the companies wanted to see Denta. So it was hard for me. I had to do all the sponsorship meetings and everything um, to be able to get the, the money that we needed. But it's about how you sell it. It's about, you know, even your to your sponsorship pack. How well is it done? You know, are you giving stats? You know, are you adding, um, you know, the type of people that come to the, your event? Are you adding your social media reach to it? You know, they want to know numbers, especially a lot of companies want to know numbers. And they want to know what professions are coming to your event so that they can tap into it. Look at, You have to look at what their de demographics are. So it's a whole, it's every company is different. You need a sponsorship pack for every company. You have to pitch it in a different way. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. You know, looking at your career, I, it, it, we, we kind of, it's interesting. I think thinking back to, to this conversation that we've had, it was like this trajectory of just going up and up and up and up and up, right? What was the lowest moment in your career? And how did you battle out of that? Um, lowest, 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 lowest. So, like, I see some of my um, uh, nursing staff, right? And they're riding these big cars. They bought their homes. And they've, you know, they've got all of these things. And I've, I was suffering with Uber. I was like, I'm not making money from Uber. Like, you know, like, I'm actually investing and nothing's coming back out. And so you have those moments where you don't have money, Paul, because you've invested it in Goober or you've invested it in your business. Um, and you're looking at your family thinking, wow, um, how long am I going to keep this going? And there was one conversation that I had with Kanye King, who does the mobile awards. And I was like, Kanye, like, I'm not making money out of Goober. Like, I've got staff, I've got costs, I've got this. And she was like, Denta? It took me 20 years to get Mobo to where it was. It doesn't come overnight. You have to keep at it. Keep going. Because um, there was moments, Paul, that I wanted to give in. I was like, you know, if I concentrate on my nursing, I could be a ward sister. I could be earning 50 grand a year. I could be doing this, you know. I could be doing agency with agency. You bang out agency. I could be earning like two grand a, month, a week. You know, if I do agency, why am I here struggling, doing all this and nothing's coming out? Um, and you will have those moments and that's moments. And I call it the devil moments where they want you to give up. Um, but, you know, you have those thoughts in your mind. But I thank God that I didn't give up. I thank God. Now, 
Denta is sitting next to presidents. Denta's having conversations with people, highest level places that, like I said, I wouldn't have imagined me to be at right now. And it's all because of Guba. It's all because of the organization that I set up. Um, and I'm grateful for that. And so you, there will be low moments, man, moments that me and my husband, like, what are we doing, honestly? With it? You know, like, Charlie, we've got four kids. Like, honestly, like, this has got to stop. Um, and so there's been plenty of those moments, Paul, where I wanted to give up. But I thank God that I didn't right now because it has been a blessing. Um, and even through Guba, a lot of my team members have been blessed. Um, some of them have managed to get, you know, other jobs through the organization. And it's just been, it's been a real blessing. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, I thank God you didn't stop as well. All right, pardon the interruption, guys. I just want to spend a moment to thank Switch and Board. It's a podcast studio in Washington, D.C., owned by a good friend of mine. And if you like the production quality of this podcast, if you like this track as much as I do, which I love it, it's all thanks to them. Now, Switching Board specializes in podcasters like me and you who are busy. We travel a lot because not only have they mastered in-studio production, guess what? They've mastered remote podcasting production. That's right. So you could be anywhere in the world and Switching Board has you covered. Now, if you want to learn more from Switching Board, I want you to go to paulcbrunson.com backslash studio. That's S-T-U-D-I-O. And let me put you on. And now, back to the show. So clearly, right, the awards, the award show component of Gooba has grown tremendously. But as you mentioned in the outset, Gooba has many tentacles. It's now just now not just the awards. Yeah. So what are the other business lines of Gooba? Okay, so we have the Gooba careers. So Gooba Careers looks at, you know, um, people in the diaspora that want to move back home um, to Ghana or the motherland. Um, and that's been really good. We've managed to recruit a lot of people back home, um, which has been fantastic. And they're really enjoying it. We have some really good, successful stories. And then we have the Gooba Expo, which is about um, Gooba Trade Expo, which is about promoting made in Africa products into the UK market. We import so much in Africa. Um, and so for us, it was like, you know, how do we export our products um, out as well? Um, so the event we would, we had, we've had Tesco's there, we've had Asda, we've had Body Shop, um, ASOS. Um, we've managed to get, you know, um, I think we had six people um, put on the ASOS marketplace from the event that we did. Um, we've also, so we had the likes of Body Shop there. So Body Shop already gets their share better from Ghana. Um, so it was about adding, you know, value and suggesting other, um, Ghanaians who were doing share butter to be on the supply chain. Um, and so it was mainly just to kind of get our products into the mainstream, um, market as well as, you know, local small shops, um, that are around to be able to, for us to buy, buy our products here. Um, Very important. Yes. And then we had the Guba um, Foundation, which looks at supporting um, families living with autism. Um, we've also done campaigns where we've looked at infant mortality. 
um, every 15 minutes a child dies because of a lack of incubator in Ghana. And so for us, we wanted to raise money to get an incubator to, to you know, to support um, the, some of the hospitals. Um, so we managed to do that. We also um, bought 100 tables and chairs for a school in the northern region that still has, you know, still had at the time children sitting on the floor whilst being taught. Um, and we've done so many campaigns. We've done I'm Not Your Stigma, where we've done a church tour to teach um, the congregation about autism and how they should treat um, children. That it's not about trying to get witchcraft out from them, but it's actually something that they have to live with for the rest of their life. It's not witchcraft. Um, and how, you know, they can get sensory toys um, in their churches for some of these children so the parents can come to church. Um, we've also done an event at Parliament where we've invited MPs to also come and listen to families living with autism um, and what they have to deal with um, and how the MPs can also support um, these, you know, these families. Um, so we've done that. And then we've got the Guba Diaspora card. So the Guba Diaspora card um, is a visa card that we've partnered with Access Bank, which allows you to have discounts um, when you arrive in Ghana. You can get up to 40% off restaurants, hotels, spas, and you can also use the card as a visa card. It's a prepaid card. Um, and you can use that as well. And then we have Rock Your African Print. Rock Your African Print. For anybody that knows me, I love my African print. I love everything about promoting our own from our beads here, you know, to just promote our vibrant colors. Um, and so for us, it was about, you know, how do we promote our print? How do we promote our heritage? Um, so, you know, Guba, um, Rock Your African Print was birthed as well. Um, and so that's kind of like the brands we've got, you know, Guba Health, you know, we're thinking of bringing out um, a health card to support, you know, um, families. So if you're in a diaspora, you want to support your family member in Ghana with health insurance. So that's something that we are also working on. So there's a lot we do as a as a brand. It's incredible. And, and what is Guba? This is crazy. I should have asked you this first. <laughs> what, what does Guba stand for? So Guba at the beginning when I started was Ghana UK based achievement awards. Um uh, but now it starts it stands for Grow Unite Build Africa. Ah, Grow Unite Build Africa. I love it. I love it. So now what is your vision for Guba? So if we if we come back and we do this interview 5 years from now, 10 years from now, what do you envision Guba to have accomplished? For us it's about bridging we as black people okay we need to know and learn that we are from Africa African Americans need to know what Africans are doing Africans need to know what African Americans are doing and see where we can come together and learn about our history, learn about our culture there's still a difference between us because some African Americans think that you know we sold them off deliberately um, you know, willingly. Um, and so they don't even want to know about Africa. But then also in, 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 in America, I feel like we are not being sold right. Our history is not being sold to them to even for them to even know about Africa. And so I wanted Guba to be that bridge, that place where we all come together, we educate ourselves, we see what partnerships that we can do. It's really about tapping into the diaspora we are a force to be reckoned with. 
if all of us was to come together, look, <laughs> Africa would be like, there's no way that we'll be treated the way that people treat us now. There's no way. Look, there's a place where you can come to where the police, you're having a chit chat with the police and laughing and joking with them, that you're not scared of the police and walking down the street because you don't know what's going to happen. There's a place for you, you know? And I think that that's what we're trying to, we're trying to promote, that there is a place in Africa for you. Um, and even if you don't want to move back, like I said, you can invest, you can invest, you know, you can mentor, you can grow another organization. Um, and so Gubo is really just to engage the diaspora, empower the diaspora and educate the diaspora on things that are happening in both worlds. Well, let, let me ask you this question, because this is one that I've heard pop up and I have my own thoughts on it. But I, but I'm curious to get your your response is that there will be people listening, watching that say, all right, Dent, I hear what you're saying. You know, good for you. Right. This sounds good. But I'm living in wherever, New York, DC, Chicago, LA, right? Or London. And I've got my own problems. I mean, we've got coronavirus running wild out here. You know, um, uh, income in my home is down because my husband has lost his job. You know, we have troubles. So we don't have any extra to now go out and seek to invest or partner or do anything in Ghana or West Africa or Africa, right? We, we just don't have the bandwidth for it. How do you respond to that? Like I said, Paul, not everybody's going to go back, right? Um, but we have to learn. That's, that's why I'm creating this platform where let's learn about the opportunities. Because some people don't know about the opportunities. You know, you don't know where to go to. Right. You know, um, and you don't know how, what you have how that can benefit somebody else, you know, um, and how can that can grow an, another organization. So let's put aside, you know, um, what's happening now. Obviously, Corona is happening now. But right now, you could be learning about your history. You could be learning about Africa and the opportunities that are there. So that when the borders are open, you can seek those opportunities. You know, not like I'm not saying that everybody is going to go back. And, you know, some people are happy and comfortable in their situation. But what I do believe in is that, look, there is an opportunity outside of America. There is an opportunity outside of the UK because we are seeing it. Why do you think the Chinese are all over Africa? Why do you think, why do you think that is? Why do you think that there's so many um, other um, um, cultures and other people that in, in, in Africa? Because they see the opportunity. Let's not be blinded by that. Let's focus. There's opportunities for us as well. And that's why I want to make sure that we as a people are getting that opportunity first. Right. There's opportunity. Let's create it. It's still a developing country. Africa is not at the place where you can compare it to the US or UK. We're not there yet. And so if we're not there yet, that means there's opportunity to tap. There's an opportunity to explore new things. Yeah. You know, to that point of there's opportunity, what I'm seeing are a lot of entrepreneurs coming out of Ghana in particular who are getting exponential growth because of the opportunity. It's one of these where because it's developing, 
that's where you can actually get more return on your dollar, more return on your investment. Absolutely. I mean, I talked and another interview I did is Coffee Uncle. So he was in the US. Um, he came here. He did formed a partnership with a group of people, and they started building building this real estate. Beautiful place place in a brief, you know. And it's like, and sometimes you don't have to do it alone, Paul. You come together, you know. If you don't have the investment, come together with somebody else. What's your skill? Is your skill marketing? You don't have the capital? Partner with another brother, you know. It's not about just trying to do it alone, do it in yourself. You know, let's do more partnership as well. And I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah. And I, I tell you, you know, for me, being American, I didn't appreciate the power of West Africa actually until I came to the UK. Because being in the UK, what it introduced me to is I feel like everybody Black in the UK is either Ghanaian, Nigerian or Jamaican. Like it's, it's one of the three, right? <laughs> and and you and you have to pick a side. You can't just be neutral. You got to pick a, a side to it. You do. Absolutely. And, and so being, you know, from Jamaican heritage, I picked the Jamaican side, but at the same time, we're all one big family. Yeah. And I have so many incredible friends from Ghana, so many incredible friends from Nigeria that it sparked this desire to want to know the culture more because, you know, I'm here eating the foods, mm. going to the art shows, watching the films, right? Now I need to go get the next level, right, in, in, in West Africa. You know, so I've never been to Ghana. Um, yeah, oh. I, but but here's the thing, though. I'm, we tried to get there, though. We tried to get there. We had a whole month booked and we had to pull it. Well, unfortunately, my grandmother passed away. Oh, so sorry. we were we were in the airport. But can I tell you the quick story, though? I have a little issue with Ghana, though. Okay, a little issue. Issue. Go on. I'm listening. This is my issue. Mm -hmm. I have never had such trouble getting into a country than Ghana. So we were flying in. So we, we live in uh, in London now, but we're we have American passports. We found out that in order to fly, in order to be accepted into the country, you have to have someone officially receive you. So you have to have official uh, documentation that, that, that someone has officially received you. No, which that's not, that's not true. Who said that? Yeah, the, the, air, the airline said it. So when we got to the airport, so we actually, I mean, to, to, to really break down the story, we had booked our flight before my grandmother passed, three days before we went to the airport, we were late right? Because we're always late to everything. So my family's late. My wife, I have two boys. Oh we get to God. the airport and we it, it's five minutes to board the, the, the flight. And they said, well, you need to have the proper welcome documentation in order to be admitted into the country. Oh, that's a lie. And it turned out that the documentation that we had, it's a lie. Really? A lie. No, it's a lie. Really? Ghana, all you need is your ticket, maybe your hotel reservation. And if you're, if it's not a hotel reservation, the place that you're going to be staying, they will need, when you fill out the immigration form, you will need the person's name that you're staying with, their telephone number and the address, you know, and that's just on the immigration paper. But I've never heard that you have to have a document before flying out. That is, I've never, it's not done. It's not how Ghana rolls. It's very easy to come in like any other 
normal person. Um, so I'm surprised that you got this information and I wonder who gave you that information. It's totally wrong information. See, you know what? I love the passion you have. Oh, I love the passion you have about God because you're like, look, tell me their name. Give me the airline. Where they're from, I'll go and get them and tell them what, what are you talking about? Allow people in the, into our country, man. We need, we need to do this. For me, Paul, I feel like this is a time where we need to be coming back home. Yeah. And, and even too, um, just having our kids, you know, to become familiar with the culture. You know, a big reason why we wanted to go is we wanted, we were actually spending more of our time in Kamasi than anything yeah. because we wanted our kids to know about the rich history. Just the weekend gone, um, I took my kids to Cape Coast for their emancipation. Um, and we went to the Slave River in Asin Manso where the slaves had their last bath before they were shipped. Um, so that was like a slave market, basically. They were shipped to Cape Coast um, Castle and Elamina Castle. And my children were emotional. Like, this was real history being taught to them. This was a place where they stood, stood where their ancestors stood, you know, chained up. Like, they left there feeling like, I can be a better person. I have to be better than what those people did to our ancestors. Um, even though it was an emotional time, I, I taught them that, look, black people, we have been through a lot, okay? But because we are so special, they want to tear us down and all of that. But you are strong, you know? And, the, you know, it's important for us to, to learn our history and teach our children our history. Um, we're also, I'm going to be taking them to the village whilst they're here to spend some time in the village. You know, so they see that one day they have, they are blessed, blessed in terms of the opportunities that they have outside. But two, to look at their country and say, look, there's so much opportunities here. You know, what can I do? Um, and so there's a lot. I, do you know, that's why I love being back home in the motherland, because I just feel I see the opportunities and I'm just like, man, there's a lot we can do. I love it. I love it. And I stand for that. A matter of fact, I've really dedicated the, the however much time I have left in this world to that exact cause is helping to facilitate the interaction between black people throughout our enti the entire diaspora. Right. Because there is power in unity. And we are a family, you know. L let me just ask you one last question. Um, and I'm famous for this saying, one last question, and then I ask 15 more. That's but I'll like try me. to do. That's like <laughs> <laughs> It's like, hold on for a second. I got another one. You threw in there that the queen had acknowledged you, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you just threw that in real casual. Oh, yeah, yeah, the queen just acknowledged me. Yeah, yeah. And you just, but now that I'm here, and it's funny because being here in the UK, I realize how important the royal family is. Like from the outside looking in, I was like, okay, it's important, but I understand it's integral. The royal family is, is weaved into the fabric of not only the UK, but in a lot of the former colonies, right? But to receive an order from the queen is one of the highest honors. Few people get it. And for what I understand, even fewer black people get these orders. So what, to, because, and so you have one, you've been awarded one, yep. young lady. So, so if you could just explain to all of us ignorant folks, 
what is an order of the queen uh, and how do you go and, and how did you get yours? Because I want to get mine. So I want to know. How did you get yours? Paul, to be honest with you, when I got that email, right, um, um, that letter, sorry, I, I, I didn't believe it. I felt like um, I had only been doing Goober for six years. You know, um, I felt like, you know, when people are given MBEs and OBEs, it's usually like older. Um, so I didn't consider myself um, to have done so much to be on that list. But, but what I did realize is that, look, whatever we are doing, people are watching us, Paul. You're, you are inspiring somebody that you don't know. You may think that your worth is this much, but somebody's thinking that what your work that you have done is this much, you know? Um, and it was truly an honor. Um, so the, uh, my MBE stands for, it's, you know, it stands for the member of order of the British empire. So yeah, you know, um, for me, it wasn't just about Denta, but it was the work that my team had put in. It was the work that all of us who were part of the Goob organization had put in. Um, and so, yeah, I was grateful um, to be honored in that way. You know, it's it's nice to sometimes share the things that we go through. I want entrepreneurs to know that no entrepreneur made it overnight just like that. Remember your humble beginnings. You know, it's really important that when you do make it and when you get up there, that you still stay true to your yourself and be humble. You, you know, you talked about being humble and, and that actually is the perfect characteristic to describe you because you have an order from the queen. I mean, you are, you know, you have, I'm sure you can call pre multiple presidents of, of, of countries at will. I mean, you have access to, you know, quite a bit of the world. Clearly your Christianity keeps you humble. What else keeps you humble? What 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 keeps you grounded? Because I see so many folks <laughs> who get a little bit of you know a little bit of success, and all of a sudden there it's you know it's off to the races. What 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 keep what keeps you grounded? Um, you know, sometimes I see that as well, and I'm like, God, I don't want to be like that. I just want to be Denta. I want to be the dentist that my team loves, the dentist that, you know, makes fun and jokes at team meetings. I want to be myself. Um, yes, you know, when I do have to go into my meetings, I have to be, you know, the dentist business person. But off that, I just want to be me. Um, and I, I showcase that on my, on my Instagram a lot. I show the fun side of me, me dancing with my kids. I show, I show that side. And what makes you humble is your children. You know, I communicate a lot with my children. When I'm not doing, um, you know, dental business, I spend a lot of time with my kids. Um, and I love that. It gives me joy. Um, and also just, you, I see it and I'm just like, mm -mm, that's smelly. I don't like it. I don't want to be like that. Mm -mm, I just want to be me. Um, and so, yeah, I just, for me, I just want to stay gr grounded. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. You mentioned you never know who you inspire, you know? And also I think connected to that is you never know when your story of today will inspire someone of tomorrow. 
And what's interesting about me learning more about you, you know, what's interesting, at least to me, is that I am inspired today by things that you were doing 10 years ago, things you were doing five years ago, things that you were doing, you know, a year ago. That's now me now learning these stories incredibly inspires me. And it actually makes me so optimistic about the future because I know there's a Denta building the bridge between Ghana and the world, because I know there's a Denta passionate about showcasing the, ble- the best of Ghana and, and Africa and, you know, to the world. That, that, that makes me optimistic about our future. It really does. And in a day and age where we hear so much doom and gloom from the news, you're like this, you know, shining light, you know, it's like, you know, it's like this concrete jun- jungle. You're like this rose growing through the concrete. And I'm appreciative of you, what you do, the fact that you do it with your husband. The fa- By the way, I've watched your daughter on these interviews. She is, watch out, she's going to take your job real soon. <laughs> Listen, Paul, so I went out the other day. So when we were, even in Cape Coast, so we went to the moon, and then the, 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 the staff was like, oh my God, Princess Aria, Princess Aria. And I'm like, hello, uh, the mother is here, Denta is here. They're like, no, 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 De- Princess Aria, Princess Aria. <laughs> the girl is literally, she is a mini me. And um, okay. she is, she's a mini me, she is. And I'm, I'm nurturing her, I'm guiding her, I'm taking her all the places that mommy goes so that she can learn and be, you know, better than me, absolutely. See, and I love this. I love how you include your children in the journey, you know, um, it's just, I, I think it's just, I think it's just so special, so important, and I'm just appreciative of you, you know, thank, thank you. you. And there you have it, the amazing words of Denta. You know, when I think about how hardworking and passionate she is, it really makes me optimistic for the future. And what I love more than anything about this podcast and the community and the newsletter that we're building out is that we're really shining the light on not only people who are world class, but people who are the stewards, right? The guides and the leaders to our future. So Denta, thank you so much. And for next week, I want to keep that idea going, the stewards and the guides and the leaders of our future. But I want to go somewhere where I need to go. And let me tell you why I need to go there, because a lot of people have slid into my DMs and they said, Paul, look, we love the pod. We love what you're doing, but you need to showcase more Caribbeans, right? The Caribbean Massive is doing big things, Paul, and you need to be down here showcasing us. So I listen. And so I am going to bring you someone who I think is actually one of the most hidden gems in the world. And guess what? She's Trinidadian, y'all. Right? Trini, big up, right? She is the founder and CEO of one of the fastest growing companies in the world. And guess what? She's only 27 years old. Stay tuned because the next session is going to completely blow you away. I'll see you next time. Switch and board.